All right. So here we are. It's uh, about 10.30, Sunday, August 11th. And I had my coffee uh, later than usual in the day. Because lately, um, since I've been waking up earlier for the goats, which I'll get into in, in a little bit, um, I've been making coffee like in the afternoon and then putting it in the fridge so I don't even have to wake up and do my coffee thing in the morning anymore. I can just reach into the fridge and grab my coffee, which is ready to go. So... Inevitably, certain days, if I feel like uh, I feel a little sluggish, I'm going to dip into that. And today was one, uh, probably fortuitously, because here we are recording a much-needed episode. Um, man, I almost want to do a uh, field recording. In fact, I sat down to do a field recording uh, a couple days ago, and I was interrupted by a massive lightning storm. You know, I was doing it on the porch. Um, I was with my injured goat. I was, at the time, I felt that I would be able to uh, uh, keep him in isolation on the porch with the other goats uh, being in the pen just to kind of guard his leg. I thought that was a good idea. And... After a couple hours of trying that, I said, you know what? He's not happy. This is too much work. I'm going to have to do this for months before he fully heals. I might as well just throw caution to the wind. Uh, he'll he'll fend for himself and throw him back into the pen. So anyway, so I was out there doing the uh, field recording style podcast on the porch. And a huge lightning storm came in and it was dangerous to be out there. And so I ended up just scrapping it. Um yeah, let me adjust the levels here. So yeah, so here we are. Um, what am I going to talk about? I think this will be, like I said, uh, it's kind of going to be looser, uh, more of a field recording style, but I'm going to be talking about the animals, the goats, the chickens, what my goals are with them, what I've achieved with them uh, so far, what I hope to achieve going forward. Um, and kind of also go through, you know, like what it takes, like what I've learned, hopefully what it takes to take care of them and, um, kind of, uh, just talk about that. And I suspect that in talking about that, I will also be getting into kind of the topic of, um, preparedness, you know, which is like, <clears throat> Excuse me, which is, as I've probably said before, which one of the main drivers for me even embarking on this journey that I'm on is the desire to uh, be more prepared in a day-to-day -day sense, but also in a long-term sense. Um, so yeah, I, I suspect I'll probably get into that. And, you know, you know, in an effort to kind of fill up the one-hour episode kind of format that I've been operating in and also to cover that topic which I feel needs to be covered so you know without further ado um thanks for for sticking with me uh with my irregular schedule here as far as putting out podcasts uh those of you that are still listening 
or new to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope you find this enjoyable. Pretty soon, I will be having guests. I've been talking to a couple different people that are interested in coming on as guests to have kind of conversations with me. So that should be happening soon to kind of spice things up and get some new um, voices on here. Um, But in the meantime, here I am again, and welcome back. Episode 9, we'll call it Goats, Food, and Being Prepared. The Cabin Log. So I'm not really sure, you know, ideally in telling this chapter and telling this story, it'd be nice to have a starting point, but I don't know what the starting point is. If I had to best guess, I I couldn't tell you actually. You know, I know the starting point for me coming out here, which I've covered in previous episodes, but as far as the starting point for why I wanted to start learning how to be more useful, to start learning skills that would apply in survival settings, to be more useful to myself and to others. When did I start wanting to do that? And I haven't put too much thought into it, but I think, you know, like I started like pickling I started doing like a community-supported agricultural, uh, what do you call it, CSA um, farm share. And I went all in. I got the big full box. And I always had, you know, after a couple weeks of like wasting vegetables, you know, them going soft, I said, shoot, you know, I might as well um, try to learn how to preserve these to at least get my money's worth. And, you know, I've heard that there's health benefits to... to um, uh, pickles, you know, real pickles, lacto pickles, uh, live cultures, right? Probiotics. Um, so I learned how to do that. And I think like around then, I guess I was also getting into like, um, maintaining things was like, once I started having things that were worth maintaining, that kind of also drove the interest was like, if you had a piece of gear, like a nice knife or something for I'm just a random example to learn how to properly make the most of that and to keep it in good shape over time I think those are like the earlier kind of things that I can just think of off the top of my head that were are examples of me 
wanting to um, to learn useful skills. And I would say that the act of learning more and more and thinking about, you know, what would be a good thing to accomplish, what would be a good skill set to have that, you know, God forbid, I'm always, not, by the way, I'm always knocking on wood here, I realize there's so much wood around, it's kind of a log cabin joke, um, but, uh, you know, God forbid you get caught with your pants down in any number of situations that could happen, you're going to wish instead of playing video games that day that you went and learned how to pickle, you know, or whatever, you know, and I love video games, don't get me wrong, but um, there's a there's an urgency for me to learn and do things that, you know, in the worst case scenario will become useful when I need them. And in the best case scenario, and I, you know, hopefully this is the case, um, it'll just be fun to learn, you know, and it'll be, I'll have tasty pickles, you know, it's great. There's no harm in learning. It'll improve your life. You'll be more confident. You'll have a wider skill set. You might end up being healthier. But the side benefit is shit hits the fan. You've got vegetables that aren't needing to be refrigerated. You know, you've got uh, a sharp blade, whatever it is. And maybe we'll get into the different skills that, that you know, I feel like I've learned and, and, and the skills that I need to learn, that I need to work on and improve, which are more. You know, there's more of those than there are what, what's behind me. There's more ahead of me than what's behind me. And that's exciting. So anyway, so I'm not, I think the basic, wherever it started, it's a basic, um, it's, it's like a fundamental part of being alive, I think, is if you're aware, I think it, it, it'd be hard for me to believe that there are people, I guess, I mean, there are people like this, but a lot, but it's hard for me to imagine myself being in a position where it's like where I wouldn't want to be questioning who is providing me with the things that I need to survive day to day, my water, my food, my air, you know, my medicine, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my warmth, my coolness, you know, I, I think it's a fundamental uh, human thing to want to be in control of that as much as possible, you know, and to prepare for toughening yourself to have to deal with out the comforts that we've become so used to. And so, I mean, yeah, I guess I could, going back, like, where it started, maybe it started when I started camping a lot, was like this kind of newfound appreciation for roughing it, quote-unquote, that I kind of enjoyed you know, and a big part of that was coming back home to all your comforts after uh, doing away with them for a period of time. That's a lot of fun. I feel like that's why it's one of the best parts about camping is the new perspective it gives you when you come home. And I think I just kind of followed that, that, you know, without planning too much, I just kind of was excited by that and I followed that path. And here I am years down the road and I'm living in a log cabin. Uh, you know, I've got animals now that are giving me food. Um, 
you know, I've got a, a pantry full of medical supplies for every type of situation and basic skills that haven't been put to the test, but, uh, you know, I've done my reading and my understanding of how to do basic first aid. Um, I do plan on taking, there's some Red Cross, for those of you that are interested, the Red Cross offers some online courses on a variety of first aid topics, and uh, I'm going to be taking one of those to begin. Um, I plan on training, this week coming up, I have kind of a tentative plan to train with my neighbor, a uh, guy by the name of uh, Rich Graham. Uh, he's on Instagram. He's Full Spectrum Warrior. He's a uh, retired uh, Navy SEAL, and he runs uh, a variety of courses uh, just down the road, like, you know, a mile away from me down the road. He's one of my few neighbors here. And so I've gotten to know him a little bit and hope to do that more. Um, but I have reached out to him to prepare... Uh, it's a private instruction for a pistol. So I'm going to get better at self-defense pistol and basic concealed carry um, kind of skills, which I feel like I'm pretty good at, but I maybe I'm blindly confident. Like, I do practice a lot on my own. I do train a lot on my own. But, you know, training on your own is one thing. Training with a coach is another. Someone in particular who's a very good coach, clearly, who knows... Uh, a lot more than I'll ever know about these things. So I'm excited for that. Um, the ham radio thing is like kind of something I put on the back burner. I kind of got a little sidetracked since I didn't pass that test uh, a few months back. But that's a very important skill that I need to uh, get down. Um, gardening, I need to put that garden in the ground. You know, there's a lot of things that I need to do. Um, but But I guess I got on this tangent because... Here I am all of a sudden in a position where if I were to think where I was a few years ago, I didn't have food security. I didn't have water security. I was in the middle of a city where if shit went down, I'd be in a v much more difficult, precarious situation than where I... I mean, who knows? I mean, More than likely, that is a more dangerous place to be in a uh, disaster scenario than where I am now. Uh, just based on the sheer amount of people that surround you and the, 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 the few avenues of egress uh, that exist in, in a peninsular kind of situation. North-South and East-West... Uh, very limited in a very limited there's only a couple ways across the state and there's really only two three way four ways north south so anyway uh, i could get into that uh, maybe later but point is here i am now i feel like i'm in a much better situation and when i look back on it i must have been thinking somewhat consciously like yeah like i have been aware of like the survivalism and like this kind of prepper mentality but it also just feels natural that, like, in search of happiness and in search of being comfortable, I've made this situation a reality. There was also, I should say, that there was also kind of, a, it feels like almost like, uh, I mean, I'll just say, like, grace of God almost, for lack of a better term, that 
brought this situation into my lap. So I've been very fortunate that the opportunity presented itself, but I don't want to play down that, you know, the opportunity presented itself. It still took me manifesting it, you know, me working towards it, nurturing it to make it an actual reality. Um, and it's still, I mean, to, to acquire the property and then to improve the property and now to be living here, you know, it's, it's been a whole process and it's been rewarding the whole time. But recently in getting my first chicken eggs, you know, and now having a, an abundance of chicken eggs, four chicken eggs, oftentimes three or four chicken eggs a day um and now having i could have up to a gallon two gallons of goat milk a day if i really wanted to push my girls but now i'm taking it easy i'm getting you know because i don't need that much goat milk but now i have you know about two quarts a day let's say taking it easy again i could push that and get more but taking it easy because that's all i really need I mean, I could get by with half a quart, really, <laughs> but uh, one quart even. But two quarts is a good amount to do, you know, I'm, I'm to work on making cheese, soap, yogurt, etc. Uh, to have some extra for those kind of projects, as well as to drink milk and have it in coffee, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So now that I'm having these food products, there's like a new level of reward that I'm experiencing. Um. Because it took me, and it's very, it's very rewarding because it took me so much time to get here. It took so much effort and, you know, to, it was rewarding in one sense and that it's nice to see your animals growing and it's nice to, just the act of keeping animals is nice, but it's on another level now that I'm able to feed myself and not have to go to the grocery store as much and not have to go to the grocery store for these cat food categories at all um, is really nice. And I, I feel like there's an ethical weight um, that's taken off my shoulders. You know, the industrial dairy industry, the industrial egg and chicken meat industry is just awful. And uh, if, you're, if you're aware, conscious and aware at all, you're that's got a weigh on you. It's weighed on me. So it's nice to rid myself of that, at least when I'm eating at home, which is, you know, 75% of the time right now. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I should say for the people that think maybe I'm an extremist um, at this point, my goal isn't to be a hermit. My goal is not to be completely isolated and self-sufficient. My goal is to to offset some of what I depend on the grid or uh, uh, the the um, the workings of society for, you know, commerce. To offset some of what I rely on others to provide me with what I can provide for myself. Uh, is my goal. Uh, I'm not trying to feed myself entirely. I'm just trying to uh, take care of some of it. And frankly, with the goats and the chickens, and with a little hunting, um, 
and some fishing, let's say, I could really take care of a good chunk of my eating. If I plant a garden, I'm good at, a, at gardening, you know, which I'm not, and that's a big project I've been putting off. I've been putting it off mainly because I don't want to fail at it. You know, my hands have been so full, you know, you only have so much effort. I'm only human, and it's been a lot to learn how to take care of these animals up to now that I don't really have the mental strength or the mental energy at the end of the day to then take on a garden as well. Uh, though I'm pretty close now, you know, I have the goats pretty much down pat. I have the chickens definitely down pat. Uh, there'll always be surprises. There'll always be things that come up and things I need to adapt to. But for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm no novice anymore. Um, I know what I'm doing. I have my routines down. I have the proper shelters for them, proper feed all figured out and all that. So pretty soon I'll be getting, uh, I think, a garden going. But with all that, I mean, I could, I could feed myself. And that's a huge, for me, that's a huge uh, reward. I've accomplished a goal. Um, but it doesn't end there. You know, what is my goal moving forward? Well, like I said, you get better at certain skills. Um, to... I'd like to have some sort of way to make a business out of some sort of side business out of this, whether it's bringing food or animal product of some sort, food, soap, in other words, um, animal or plant product, I should say, uh, to market, like literally to farmer's market or to direct to consumer market or to restaurants or online or whatever it is, I think that that's a realistic goal, which I can probably, within a year's time, I think I can achieve that. Uh, again, I don't want to jump into it um, half-assed and unprepared. I want to really think it out, get my shit down, figure out what products I want to offer, perfect my recipes, perfect how I do it, really plan it all out before I go ahead and jump in. So I think within a year's time, I can, I can plan on, on doing that to a degree. Um, lately, I'm leaning towards soap. You know, I have so much goat milk, and in the future, I can get, you know, I can get more goats. I could milk my goats twice a day instead of once, uh, which, by the way, I'll get into the milking process. And I can have really an, a, an abundance of goat milk, which can then be converted into a variety of things, right? Cheese, yogurt, Soap are the main ones I think of. Um, and out of all of those, I'm leaning towards soap as a potential commercial option because, you know, I'm one guy, so I'm already shorthand, you know, I already can only do so much. If I need to bring stuff to market and I have perishable product that can go bad, that's a huge, that's a huge um, concern. You know, that's a huge element that would go into the business is the time sensitivity of your product um, and, and having to sell the quantity, you know, that, that balance, ideally selling all of what you produce, but it's, it's, a, it's a sensitive situation. Anyone who's worked in restaurants or food at all understands that. Soap, on the other hand, keeps 
uh, I don't believe there's any soap that deteriorates. Maybe if you have some sort of mouse that's eating at it, uh, or it melts, maybe. Um, Soap stays good for a long time. So I can batch it out. I can make, you know, 200 bars of this recipe and 200 of that one and just keep doing that and and sell it as it sells. And so I think I'm going to start... I've never made soap before. I mean, I've read about it. I understand the concept. Uh, it's probably not too hard, right? It's one of the older technologies that we've had. Um, goat soap is prized for its uh, nurture... Uh, nutri- you know, uh, it's very good for your skin. Um, so I could probably figure out how to make some real nice soap, uh, bring it to market. Um, you know, people sell soaps all the time, but this will be farm to take, farm to, farm to shower, farm to bar. I'll figure out a good marketing term for that. I mean, this will be my goats. You know, it'll be a real, um, a real, uh, how do you, a vertically integrated uh, kind of uh, situation here. I think it could. I, I think I could create an interesting product that would be differentiated from what you have uh, typically at farmers markets and at boutiques and whatnot. That's uh, that I've seen around here. Um, so yeah, I mean that'd be cool. So to make a business, to make a little extra money, to offset my costs of feed and hay and whatever. If I can keep the animals without uh, running a negative sum at the end of the year, what an achievement that would be. Uh, So that's a goal. Um, Yeah, I mean, so so I want to talk about the goats. So chickens are easy, right? Chickens are easy. In the previous podcast, I mentioned my routine with the chickens, you know, now that they're started, they're adults pretty much. They're doing fine on their own. I let them out during the day. I put them back in at night, make sure they have food and water, collect their eggs, and that's it. Pretty much. Which is great. I have to clean up all their shit. And that's the other thing. They shit a lot. And since I let them free range all over the property, they shit on my concrete, they shit on my steps. Outdoor, of course. Um, so cleaning up their shit is a, another chore I have to do for the chickens. No big deal. Now the goats, the goats I have since the last episode, I've acquired three more goats. I should have said that in the beginning. I acquired three more goats. So I have three more goats, um, Lacey, Annabelle, and Kadu. And they kind of came to me unexpectedly. Um, I had like a day's notice to get ready to all of a sudden have three adult female does milk producing and get this impregnated goats all of a sudden. So what happened was Larry and Mo, my other two goats, who are what's called weathers, which are castrated males, came to me from uh, Sunshine Farms, which is here in Paisley, just not too far. 
from where I am. And and since since getting those guys, I was offered a starter set of two does and a buck from Sunshine Farms, which I turned down because I didn't feel like I was ready to take on more goats at the time. Um, but about a month after that, I told Rick and Diana, who run the farm, I said, look, I regret not taking those. Next time you have something available, let me know. So something became available. Um, and we can get into why they sold me these goats at such a good price, uh, why they had to get rid of them. Probably on the we'll we'll do that on the episode where when they or one of them come in to talk with me, um, which I hope will happen soon. But so here I am. I have three go three does now, and I I was initially you know when I first got into goats, I was shying away from the idea. I was scared a little bit of the idea of milk production, uh, dairy at all. You know because. To me, like, you know, it's dirty. There's a lot of cleaning. I don't even have a dishwasher. You know, it'd be nice to have a dishwasher. Um, what if I get, you know, some sort of disease or whatever, if I'm not uh, totally sanitary or whatever, and it's going to be a lot of work. I got to get all sorts of equipment and all that. And um, when... It was last Monday, Sunday or Monday, they texted me and said, hey, we have these goats, do you want them? When I got that text, I thought to myself, the past month or so, I've been comfortable. In other words, all of my projects have kind of reached a state of normalcy where I feel settled and comfortable in my routine. And... When I received that text, I said, I didn't come here to take it easy. I came here to take challenges on and learn things. And so I have this opportunity. I have the money where I can buy goats. You know, they were $600, by the way, so $200 a goat. Um, I want to push myself. It is scary a little bit at first, and it was hard the first few days, but... The only way you grow is to take challenges and and grow from them. So I said, fuck it. Here's the opportunity. I'm going to take it and I'm going to do it. So that's what I did. And the first couple times I went to, to milk the goats was very deflating. I, I thought, man, fuck, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this, you know, or... Uh, what if I do it wrong and I could you you could kill the goat if you did it wrong, you know? Or what if, you know, in in drying them up. So I've been basically the goats came to me on a two a day milking routine. Um basically when a goat has pregnancy, when it when it kids they call it. Um of course, it'll produce milk like any mammal for its for its kids. Um, but if you're running a dairy operation, you can basically hack, when I say hack, I mean not like with an axe, I mean like, <laughs> or machete, I mean like hack, like in a computer sense, you can hack the goat's biology or physiology, whatever it is, um, 
to have it produce more and more milk. So if you milk it more often, the goat's body will say, oh, got to make more milk. My kids are hungrier and it'll make more milk. So for a dairy operation, of course, they want to milk it twice a day to get as much milk out of it as you could. That's healthy for the goat, I mean. But for me, since I'm not running a commercial dairy farm right now, I'm just learning how to provide dairy for myself. I said, yeah, it's too much work. It's too much milk. Let's bring them down to one a day. So I've been working this week to bring them down to one a day, first thing in the morning. And in doing that, you run the risk of mastitis, which is like an infection basically of the teat. And so I guess I think I got here because I was saying like, you know, it's a little nerve wracking at times, especially those first couple days, because I would be worried about killing the animals um, less. And that's less about like losing my investment. And it's more about like, fuck, like I don't want to kill an animal. I don't want to deal with a dead animal, first of all. And I don't now that I love these animals, I definitely don't want them to die right so there is a nerve-wracking element and it's amplified a bit by being out in the wilderness you know i'm not doing this in some neighborhood where you know someone can alert me if they've seen a bear or whatever you know people are working together to prevent things like that i'm basically on my own completely without neighbors that are here close by on the edge of the Ocala National Forest, literally, like, across on the end of my property line is, you know, thousands of acres of wilderness. So I'm dealing with bears. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, you saw that I, I had a pretty close encounter with a bear and the goats the other day. So it is nerve-wracking a little bit, but I didn't come here to be comfortable. I came here, like I said earlier, about camping and whatnot. My initial impetus and in, in doing this and this journey that I'm on is to purposely take myself out of comfort to a degree so that I know that I can exist without it. Um, but this is kind of a tangent. I, I, I want to learn as much as possible. And so I took on the goats and I'm glad that I did because after a couple times of milking, I got it down I know how to milk a goat now, and I'm pretty good with my, you know, we've developed a relationship, me and the goats, and it's getting better, and uh, I, I can milk them. It's effort. It takes me about an hour each morning, uh, more or less, but I get two quarts of fresh, amazing milk. It's so worth it. Um, it's also nice, I've, I've found, um, to wake up. I wake up at 6 a.m., and I have my coffee. I go out. And I, pro I do my whole process with the goats. And it's a great way to start your day. Instead of starting your day dragging your feet like maybe normally you would or I did, I'm starting my day doing the hardest thing that I'm going to do all day. <laughs> or at least the most like tediously laborious kind of, not the hardest thing, but the first few days it was the hardest thing. But I'm doing something that is, that is labor. Um, intensive and it's nice to start your day that way because it just is it gets you going first thing so I do that for an hour I milk the goats I have I have goat milk put it in the fridge 
And at that point, I'm sweaty, and I say, well, since I'm already sweaty, I might as well continue. So then once I have all my goats processed, I then let them all out. I do them one by one. So then I let them all out, and I walk them around the yard, around the area to get them to eat and fill up on greens uh, before the heat of midday. So we're outside maybe to start my day. Let me think. If I start milking them at like, let's say, 7, because I'm having coffee and washing up maybe for an hour, then we're outside for another... So it's 8 by the time I'm done milking. We're outside for like another 2 hours, roughly. Two and a half hours sometimes, 3. Walking around, you know, having them eat, filling up so that they can rest during the midday sun, which I don't want to be babysitting them in the heat like that. So I start off my day outside all day, you know, all morning. It's great. It's awesome. Even in the heat of the summer. I mean, it's going to change when it's winter. I think it'll, I don't know. I think it'll be, I freaking love summer. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be worse. I don't know. I won't be sweaty as much. I'll be cold. Man, it gets cold here in the winter. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's a great way to start the day. It's been a welcome change to my life. Um, the goats are clearing up my yard. They're trimming, keeping the grass trim. I mean, I have so much grass right out here that it's not even halfway there yet. But the more I do it, the more the yard starts looking maintained. And again, it's when we say maintained, your expectation has to be maintained, not in the country club aesthetic, maintained in a cabin aesthetic where the goats are maintaining it, you know. It's not going to be perfectly even everywhere. You know, it's not going to look like a manicured yard, but I'm not also not going to have tall, blooming grass everywhere. So, yeah, and they're cleaning up the shrubbery and all the edges of the, of the wooded areas. It's really amazing to watch them do it and to see how the property's changing. That's one of those things that maybe if you're, if you're a guest that's been here and you come back, maybe if you're very like attentive to that kind of thing, you'll notice it. But I feel like that's one of the rewards that is given only to, to someone who's here day in, day out. To see the land change in that way is really, a, for me, it's a, it's a blessing to, to be able to experience that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's goats. You know, I have now, the other thing is the pen that I keep them in has to be beefed up now because A, they're bigger goats. I had a scare the other day where they found a weak part of the fence. They broke out and I woke up at 6 a.m. and I didn't have any goats in there. I ended up finding them in the yard, but I was so paranoid the rest of the day that someone clipped. It looked like it was cut. Long story short, they broke through a part of the fence and I had to fix it up. So um, I decided now that it's raining a lot, a lot of the fence, you know, a lot of the area that they're in gets wet. So I'm going to board up with fence board one whole side of the of the pen. Um, I'm just making improvements to it, basically. So there's endless projects with that. Um, I'm going to fence in a whole new area that will allow them to be outside in the sun at their leisure where I don't have to be there. Um, which will be nice for them, nice for me. Uh, yeah, so that's goats. You know, goats are cool. They're such sweethearts, you know. And it's cool because I can do this once I get the hang of it. I can do it for very little expense. Uh, 
you know, because I'm lucky to have all this land that that puts out vegetation, you know, I can I can give them hay if I want to be lazy and keep them in their pen all day. But if I want to save on giving them hay all day, I could just let them out and have them eat all the grass and all the shrubbery. It's probably better for them, easier and cheaper. Well, not easier necessarily, but cheaper for me and better for the land. So I can probably end up doing this very cheap once I get the kind of feel for for how much I can pinch, how much I could squeeze them here and there, you know? So, yeah. I kind of talked about in previous episodes why I didn't feel comfortable out in the city, right? And so maybe we'll get into that another time. I feel like this has been enough talking for, for one night. It's 40 minutes now. I guess I should say, like, it's a holistic philosophy of mine. It's not like I feel that things are going to fall apart right now, so I really need to do this necessarily and learn how to survive. Although at times it does feel that way. It's not really what it, what I, why I'm doing it. It's part of my overall kind of worldview is that if I do this, I will be a better rounded person. It'll end up making me happier and more confident. It'll be healthier. It's like more of just living on the right path. Um, and it just, it just makes sense. Like all of these things will click into place. You'll be healthier, happier, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? You'll also be better prepared if, God forbid, something does happen. So it's just a, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's not like I'm some doomsdayer that's hoping or, or, or convinced that something's going to happen. Um, although, you know, sometimes it does seem that way. It's more just I feel like this is a sane way to live. And since I have the opportunity to do it, I'm doing it. Okay, and with that, I'd like to thank everyone for sticking with me here for uh, joining me if this is your first time and I just want to say I have you know I'm recording this after the fact and in the time it's taken me to put this episode out I've recorded episode 10 so it should be coming next week uh, a week from when this one uh, goes up so I'm going to start moving along here probably going to focus more on just straight up interviews in the future as I'm kind of running out of things to talk about, you know. I mean, there's only so much I could tell you about why I'm here, what I want to do, etc., etc. Um, and I will as things come up, but for now I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of, um, I don't want to just record for the sake of recording, you know. I want to have things to talk about, so uh, having interviews will help, um, so expect some of that to come up and maybe um, a little less of the solo episodes. But we shall see. Uh, I wish you guys well on your journeys. Uh, please reach out if you enjoyed the episode or if you hated it, let me know. Um, and I bid you adieu. I never